Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and of course, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Coming up on today's show, well, we simply must talk about Will and Jada and the news that actually they have not been together since 2016. (laughs) Plus, the questions we have after Kendall Jenner took a sizable paycheck from Mark Zuckerberg, why on earth has Sophie Turner and Priyanka Chopra Jonas unfollowed each other, and then Julia Fox's very candid memoir. Oh, and you bet we are bringing back by popular demand, (laughs) Slow Newsweek, Zara's creation. What a win for podcast (laughs) inventors everywhere. (laughs) I will be coming to the table this week with my Slow Newsweek quiz. Can't wait to pick your little brain, Zara McDonald. Thank you. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the week. Yeah, I would say a pretty shitty week for Australia. Oh my god! Like overwhelmingly so. Not even just Australia. Yeah, a true. shitty, a shitty week for so many people around the world. There it feels are, really heavy. It feels very heavy. I think there are so many people hurting right now. I think it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge how devastating the result on the weekend was. We were such firm yes voters, and it is pretty shameful that that result couldn't have got over the line. So I think for any of our First Nations listeners who are listening to us, we are so sorry. I think our job can feel a bit silly in very, times like yeah, this. Very silly. I know what our job is to do, but it sort of feels, it feels funny when the world has so much going on to sort of f- focus on the other stuff, but also the overwhelming feedback we get every hour of every single day is thank you for distracting us. Yes, so, the feedback is give us something to feel joy Yeah, with. so we will do our best to do that this week. I mean, Slow Newsweek's coming back. <laughs> so that's <laughs> How a win. How can we not have a good time when Slow Newsweek <laughs> exactly. is coming back? Exactly. Also, we actually just released our second book into the world. We did. On Tuesday. It's called 4AM. A brilliant name. Thank you. (laughs) Annabelle Lee, it's answers to the conundrums that keep you up at night. It is a compilation of our most popular ever Ask Shameless advice columns, but it also has a heap of brand new columns that Zara and I have written. We took a trip to Byron Bay earlier this year where we wrote them. And it was one of my happiest memories of the year. It was actually such a great collection of days. We were actually, well, at least I was a slight bit tipsy when I wrote one or oh, two of those no columns. Doubt. <laughs> we went up to Byron. I actually had a wedding up there and I said to Michelle, well, should we just go up, you know, four days early mm-hmm. and get some acom and write? And you said yes. And then Ollie said, me too. <laughs> we were like, well, you actually weren't invited, but sure, come But along. you know what? Oliver Keogh made me my favourite ever carbonara. Yeah. I'm a carbonara girly and this is the best carbonara 
carbonara I've ever had, Annabelle. And now every time I look at Ollie, I'm like, thank you, Oliver Keogh, for the best carbonara like of my life. Well, he did feed us while we were writing, so that was very nice of him. So, yeah, this, this book is out into the world and we are so excited about it. Of course, we showcase the words of some of our columnists like Maggie Zhu, Pema Bakshi, Eliza Sholley and Madison Griffiths, who are amazing. You can get it wherever you get your books. We have an e-book. We have an audio book. If you want a book, we, we got, a, got book. a book we for got a you, book baby. For you. Like, Michelle's got the silliest. Because <laughs> we're recording of an afternoon. We actually probably should say that right now. We don't record in afternoons. We, we're, we're not allowed to. Pe- we're morning people. We normally record this podcast at 8 a.m. It is currently 3.06 p.m. And Let's for see. that reason, we cannot be held accountable for anything Anything we do or say. Plus or minus 30%. Today, we usually say plus or minus 10. No, so buy that book, honestly, if you can. That would be wonderful. It would be tops. It would be tops. Um, what are you recommending? I've got a couple of recommendations. Before I do that, can I quickly retract a statement? Oh, just absolutely. officially on the record. Mm-hmm. I remember a few weeks ago, I said Taylor Swift would not marry Travis Kelsey. Oh. I just want to formally retract that. I now think the opposite is true, and I would like every listener to wipe their memory clean so of me you saying anything else. Don't just want to retract it. You want to flop. I want to do a flipsy, flipsy, to the other flopsy. Side. Wow. Yeah. I agree. I'm less confident <laughs> that they won't get married, but I don't think they will get married. I'm sort of more neutral now. Okay. We came out a little guns blazing, and I'd just like the record to show. Fair. I'm now a believer. Fair enough. Onto my wrecks very quickly. The Shameless Book Club pick of the month is a book called None of This is True. Yes. I read it in a single day. I picked it up at 11 a.m. I put it down at 9 p.m. And 380 pages just vanished in front of me. If you are the kind of person who wants to get into reading, if you've heard us talk about The Shameless Book Club and thought that's a thing I want to do, this is the month to do it. This is the book to jump on. Absolutely. I read it so fast. Like I inhaled it. I can't remember reading a book as fast as I've read this one. Mm. There's something about it that makes it so pacey. I have so many thoughts about it. Oh my God. It's on the thriller side. So if you like that kind of thing in a book as well, I enjoyed it. Annabelle, how are you going with it? I'm about halfway through. I'm listening to it via audiobook. So Apparently every time I, spooky. It's so captivating. The way they tell that story is because I've been like on and off book audiobook mm. the way they tell it on the audiobook is like nothing i've listened to before there all right guys this month the book club please read along with us none of this is true that's my first wreck my second wreck i've just come across these two australian women their names are hannah ferguson and sarah jane adams they've released a podcast it's relatively new it's called big small talk and the way these two women talk about politics the way they really cover The major headlines of the week, whatever those headlines may be, doesn't matter if it's celebrity headlines or current affairs or politics, they cover the week that was high and low. And I love it. I think they're really intelligent. And I think the listeners will really enjoy that podcast, Big Small Talk. I think Hannah Ferguson started Cheek Media, which some of our listeners would have probably come across on Instagram. So if you've seen that Instagram account, I imagine this podcast is in some way connected. Very similar vibe. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And Sarah is the producer of The Inspired and Employed and Two Broke Chicks. Oh, no way. So So there we go. Exactly. Just two gals doing it and we absolutely love it. So (laughs) Big Small Talk, make sure you listen to that. What about you? What are you recommending? So I am recommending a piece in New York Times magazine this week that I think you both will love. It is written by Taffy Bredessa Ackner. <gasps> it is called My Delirious Trip to the Heart of Swiftydom. She wrote a whole sort of, I'm going to call it a profile slash review of her time at the Eras concert. I know that people want us to shut up about Taylor Swift, but I don't make the rules. This just, it <laughs> sort of fell Taylor's into my world. lap. <laughs> and I had to recommend it. Um, she also sort of talks a lot in this piece about how she was really angling for an interview with Taylor as part of this profile, but she sort of wrote the profile without interviewing Taylor and it's about the concept but is also interspersed with stories from Taylor's life, I guess, perhaps written for people who don't know a lot about Taylor Mm. Swift, but I really adored it as someone who is a fan. And there was this section of the piece that I want to read to you, if you'll allow me. Oh my God, please. Where Taffy gets to the end of the piece. And for those new listeners, by the way, there is probably few writers I love more 
in the world than Taffy Bredessa Ackner. She's, She's amazing. The She's best. the queen of the celebrity profile. And she said, I don't know if I could tell a story about Taylor Swift that's better than the story she tells about herself through every song, every dance, every video, every social media transition. She is a master, not just at the revelation of information, but the analysis of each revelation, the scrutiny of that analysis, the contextualization of it all. The way this concert has consumed the world is the living embodiment of one destabilizing question to me. How could I interpret Taylor Swift better than she does, better than her fans do online every day without my interference or input? This is the queen of the celebrity profile saying, I actually don't think I could do this better than Taylor Swift communicates herself to the world. Yeah, that is so So I loved this story. It's pretty long. So if you've got a bit of time, definitely read it. Obsessed with that. Also obsessed with our first topic that we are diving into for this episode, Zara McDonald. What the fuck is going on <laughs> with Will and Jada Pinkett Smith? I really appreciated the amount of um, outpouring of grief we got from people <laughs> when this dropped on a Thursday morning. Yeah. Everyone's like, you guys must be shattered. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? You're going to have to wait a whole week. In many ways, I don't mind that sometimes because you can sit with as much information as you can find. Unfortunately, though, (laughs) Jada Pinkett Smith did a lot of this press before the book was even out, which shocked me. But we're going to kind of take you on the relatively confusing journey of this story because it took me a little bit to get my head around. Yes. And Mish, let's start with the interview that kickstarted this all. Yes. Jada Pinkett Smith sat down with Today Breakfast's Hoda Kotb to talk about the upcoming release of her memoir that you just referenced. It's called Worthy. In that interview, which was released late last week, there was this exchange between Hoda and Jada. The thing that surprised me the most, that I actually had to reread it because I said, is this true? Right. Was that in 2016, you and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. It was not a divorce on paper. Right. But it was a divorce so from the year 2016 which is seven years ago now (laughs) yes y'all have been apart yeah right (laughs) i couldn't believe my eyes the video came up for me on tiktok i don't know how you guys saw it it was like the first video i saw on tiktok when i woke up one morning i actually saw it on the australian version of today because oh, we, the TV show. Well, this is exposing myself. <laughs> we put the TV on for Benji every day when we leave. What's that doing to your electricity so bill? Is that I don't thing? know, but we don't want Benji to feel like there's no one talking or like it's a really quiet house. So we put the TV on yeah. like quietly. I put it on today, which is his favourite breakfast program. Of course. And um, they were playing this. And I was like, wait a second, I'm leaving for work late today because I need to watch this whole <gasps> segment. Sorry. The way you explained it, it was like you came home that afternoon and Benji was like, guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> you will never believe it. <laughs> no, I saw this on TikTok, the first video I saw when I woke up, and I was like, I feel so discombobulated right now. What's going on? Now, Jada said that the reason for keeping this a secret for seven years boiled down to this. She said, I think just not being ready yet, still trying to figure out between the two of us how to be in partnership and regards to how do we present that to people and we hadn't figured that out. She also said that a lot of things led to the dissolution of their relationship. She said, we were just exhausted with trying. I think we were both still kind of stuck in our fantasy of what we thought the other person should be, but I made a promise that there will be never a reason for us to get a divorce. So to clarify... This means that when Will famously yelled, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth before slapping Chris Rock at the 2022 Academy Awards, he had actually already been separated from his wife for six years, living separately, leading completely separate lives. The slap, it turns out, has been written about in Jada's memoir. One passage, which was published by Rolling Stone, who got an advanced copy of the book, reads, I am unclear on the reason why Will is so upset. We had been living separate lives and we were there as a family, not as husband and wife. Jada goes on to express surprise that Will publicly called her his wife. Yeah, she said that she hadn't heard him reference her as his wife in many years. I want to know what was your <laughs> sort of instinctual reaction? Not even instinctual because it, it has lasted until yeah. this very moment sitting here now. I am so confused. I, I don't get it. I couldn't understand it at all to the point where 
I had convinced myself that there was no way they had actually been separated since 2016. I think my confusion ran so deep that I was like, there must be some sort of like caveat they're not telling us. Like they were separated from 2016 to 2017, but then they got back together and have been broken up for a year or something. But no, the whole time. I think the other thing about this and one thing that's also received a lot of commentary online is the idea that it's Jada talking about this for her publicity, for her memoir, and it's not the two of them together. Will is essentially nowhere to be seen. Yeah, he certainly wasn't in that TV interview, even when they they did like a tour of Jada's town where she grew up. It's not like Will was in the background with them there. You would think this massive revelation would see both of them come to the table or both of them come to, say, today as a TV show and say, we're going to talk about this. We have done this as a couple. We've led you all to believe we're still married for the last seven years. So as two people, we're going to come to the table and say that's not true. You guys might be wondering then, where the hell is Will? Well, Will is writing emails to the New York Times. Have you seen this, Annabelle? Absolutely, I have not. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I he said also absolutely. wrote a letter to Jay Shetty, so he's <laughs> writing to people about Will's it. been writing. Yeah. Will's got a pen in hand and he's penning some things. Three days after Jada's interview with Today, Will wrote to the New York Times, when you've been with someone for more than half of your life, a sort of emotional blindness sets in and you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Why do these people talk in riddles? That, that's the one overwhelming sense you and I have about all of this. It's like, live whatever life you want to live. Like, I, I'm not phased at all. I actually don't really give a fuck. I don't care. Well, I actually, I care in the sense that I, I care about them, yeah, say, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't care about their decisions. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what they mean. <laughs> I, I truly, I don't know if I'm not smart enough. I don't know if I'm missing something. You lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and, and subtle, subtle beauties. beauties. Uh, even oh, yes. if I did understand what that meant, how do we apply it to this scenario <laughs> and make it make sense? Well, he also published an Instagram post with a bit of a tongue-in-cheek caption that said, notifications off with a smiley face, <laughs> which I, am, I think is like quite a power move. Now, it is also fascinating to me because... Our listeners will likely know Will Smith has released his own memoir. He did it in late 2021. Very recently, yeah. And he didn't talk about this. If anything, you could argue that what he wrote kind of actively conflicts with what Jada wrote. He wrote about their marriage, love is hard. It takes enormous courage to open a wounded heart over and over again to the possibility of love's bliss. Love demands bravery, a willingness to risk it all. But bravery does not mean the absence of fear. Bravery is learning to continue forward even when you're terrified. Jada and I agreed that we would ride together for this lifetime no matter what. Look, I'm reading that and I actually don't know what most of that means. (laughs) It's like you could ask Will Smith a question and he'd be like, yours is a question with many possibilities. What are they talking about? And some people (laughs) might say, well, maybe maybe he was hinting to this the whole time. Like my open mind, and I am trying, my open mind is trying to consider that They are trying to redefine what a life partnership looks like and perhaps they've never actually lied to us this whole time because what their consideration (laughs) of a life partnership is different to ours. But then my closed mind is trying to work out if you're allowed to just redefine things. This is the thing. And and sort of maybe I feel a bit gaslighted. Oh, no, no, we we are being gaslit. No, we are being gaslit. (laughs) This will be the hill that I die on. I just think when it comes to these two, there is not much to make sense of like everything conflicts everything they have had the most bizarre time in the public eye maybe of any celebrity couple I can recall in August 2011 I think lots of people have forgotten there were all those rumors that Jada had cheated on Will with JLo's then husband Mark Anthony this came about because JLo and Mark Anthony had split everyone was asking why And then reports came out that Mark Anthony had actually been sleeping with Jada. Both couples came out and emphatically denied that. But then the following month, Will and Jada did split and did announce to the public they were going their separate ways and then reconciled sometime after. We then had the rumours in 2013 that Will Smith and Margot Robbie got together when they were filming Focus. Margot came out about that and emphatically denied it. And then that opened up the whole are they in an open marriage fiasco? 
Yes. So a lot of that happened in 2013 when Jada told the Huffington Post that Will can, and I quote, do whatever he wants. So naturally, people took this quote and thought, oh, Will can do whatever he wants. The quote was something like, Will can do whatever he wants as long as he looks in the mirror and thinks he's a good person or whatever. And everyone said, oh, well, they're simply in an open marriage. That's what this means. Yeah. And so in response to that, she came out and said, open marriage? (laughs) Question mark. Let me first say this. There are far more important things to talk about in regards to what is happening in the world than whether I have an open marriage or not. I am addressing this issue because a very important subject has been born from discussions about my statement that may be worthy of addressing. Oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> give me the riddle. Give me the riddle. What's the Taylor Swift Bonneville line? It's like I've seen this play before and I didn't like the ending. You said play? Film. Film. Oh, I've just made it for Ardia. Now, she went on. Will and I can both do whatever we want. In capitals, whatever we want. Because we trust, in capital letters, each other to do so. This does not mean we have an open relationship. (laughs) This means we have a grown one. (laughs) So everyone's like, so you have an open relationship. (laughs) This, to me, is the definition of Jada and Will. They're saying one thing. They're saying, no, 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 we do not have an open marriage. But then actually they're saying, we do if your definition of an open marriage is that we can sleep with other people, but we don't define an open marriage like well, that. Well, if your aim was to come out and sort of emphatically deny this, like if you feel the need after an interview to clarify comments that you made, you would think you'd do it a bit, a bit more specifically. <laughs> you would say something like, Will and I can both do whatever we want in our careers. As far as <laughs> we can travel as far as we, we like. We have our own hobbies. <laughs> like we, we keep our own identities. You said we can make our own coffees? No, we can ha- we can do our own ha- hobbies. Oh. We can make our own identities. Like we can do whatever we want. Yes. In that context. Yes. But this was too confusing. <laughs> and then, of course, we had the August Alcina entanglement. Oh, I love that you've left this to me. <laughs> so I'm sat back. <laughs> so this is one of the biggest celebrity dramas, one of the only celebrity dramas of 2020, when singer and close family friend August, who is 21 years Jada's junior, told the world that he and I, quote, gave years of my life to Jada and was in like a years-long romantic relationship with her of which Will Smith gave his blessing. August Alcina said, I spoke to Will. Will said, I'm not romantic with Jada anymore, which also, sorry, just pause on this quickly. Odd that you need to get a man's permission anyway, but we'll leave that as a side point. He said, Will gave me permission and I was seeing Jada as my girlfriend for years. The only thing I would say to that is maybe he wanted to confirm that the arrangement was... Above board. Above board. And I, but they're not in an open marriage. Well, I don't know. They're in a grown one. And then a couple of weeks after that, Jada did that now infamous Red Table Talk where she admitted she'd been in an entanglement with August. She'd become close to him when he was ill and she was trying to help him lead a healthier life. We want to play you a snippet of that because keep in mind that famous Red Table Talk had Will at the table too. Yeah, and apparently was four years into this now completely separate lives arrangement. We decided. I was done with your you, ass. Yeah, you kicked me to I the curb. I was done with you. Yeah. <laughs> we Marriages have that, though. Marriages yeah, have that. Yeah, we basically, mm-hmm. we broke up. We decided that we were going to separate for a period of time, and you go figure out how to make yourself happy, and I'll figure out how to make myself happy. Well, at that particular point in time, it was indefinite. Yeah, I really felt like we could be over. Yeah, know? no, and we were over. It, so <laughs> just to clarify, they're talking about this as to why she dated August and she was in an entanglement, but clearly they're saying we were over, but we, we got were back together. We no, we are over. And they're talking about the separation as if it's in the past. But then could you listen to that at all? Like, are they constantly getting us on technicalities? <laughs> I think they might be. I think what I struggle with when it comes to this is I understand it's tricky. As a celebrity couple, it's tricky to announce your divorce or separation to the world. Is it so tricky that you need seven years to navigate it? It's just bizarre to me and it raises questions as to why they've felt the need to keep up this pretense and go on red carpets and kiss each other in the public eye and do all this weird touchy-feely stuff that indicates their husband and wife. If the opposite is true behind closed doors, I just find it befuddling. Yeah, I I think that's bang on. And I think for a lot of people, uh, my immediate reaction was also, well, I guess they are stronger as a brand 
together. Mm. And probably maybe the inference from their camp is that they're stronger as a family together, like as a unit, which I think is really wonderful for people to be able to split but stay in each other's lives. I think the risk you run from a PR perspective is people being invested in this and feeling like you've actually sort of been lying for seven years. And what else are you kind of not straight talking us on? And that is actually an issue for brand, I think. For a family that had Red Table Talk for five seasons, which was all about radical honesty and candor and coming to the table and sharing openly... For it to now be revealed that the family renowned for sharing openly actually didn't share one of the biggest details of all, it's just a bit of a mindfuck. Well, in that interview with Hoda, Hoda was like, no, you're a straight talker. <laughs> and Jade is like, I am. And she goes, so why did you not ask about this? Which I sort of think sums it all up. Thank you, next bitch. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five today. We decided. (laughs) Stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Michelle Befuddled Andrews. If the shoe fits. What have you got for me? My first story. Meta unveils creepy AI chatbot that looks exactly like Kendall Jenner. That is from The Independent. Speaking of befuddled. Befuddled. This is even more confusing, perhaps, than the first story we covered. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, of course, run by dark overlord Mark Zuckerberg has launched a new chatbot feature using AI and the chatbot Zara have the faces of some of the world's biggest celebrities. Yes, they do. One such celebrity is Kendall Jenner, only her AI name is now Billy. So if you search on Instagram the handle yours is Billy. Your sis Billy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that staying? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yours is Billy. <laughs> I have a fuck if I never read that as yours is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Keep it in. Clearly works then. Good job, Meta. Well, I'm not perfect and I never pretend to be. <laughs> now, your sis Billy on your Instagram profile, it has 146,000 followers and the profile bio that you'll read for yours is Billy (laughs) describes Billy as your local ride or die. Yes. Now the confusing thing is it's literally all Kendall Jenner, her face, her likeness, her voice, but it's also not Kendall at all. No, it is completely AI tech generated. When you message Billy slash Kendall, an auto message comes up that reads, Hey, I'm Billy, your older sister and confidant. Got a problem? I've got your back. There's an additional message that comes with this that reads, messages are generated by AI. Some may be inaccurate or inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, Billy. Imagine if Kendall slash Billy just starts sending you like sex. Well, it's one of those things. Can you just have a massive disclaimer across everything you do to avoid any sense of accountability? Like imagine if we opened this show to say everything we say could be wrong. We actually kind of did that this week. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, why not? Keep doing it. Now, we tried to chat to Billy and it's not working. And I think it's because it's only available in the US at the moment rather than Australia. Yeah. So when you try and message your sis, Billy, it comes up with an error message saying this AI is no longer available. Anyway, according to some reports, Kendall Jenner spent about six hours in a studio being filmed, using her voice, giving her essentially entire identity over. And in exchange for that, pocketed about $5 million USD. For a two-year contract, right? Yeah. It sounds, I mean, all of this is going off reports and like anonymous leaks. We don't know for sure. What has been widely reported is every celebrity was paid at least a million. Kendall was probably the most highly paid and that it's a two-year contract per celeb. So other celebrities who are doing this are Snoop Dogg, Tom Brady, Paris Hilton, Naomi Osaka, Meta also paid the most subscribed person on YouTube, Mr. Beast, and one of the most popular content creators on TikTok, Charlie D'Amelio, to get involved as well. I mean, the top comment on Billy's most recent post is, this is honestly scary, which has 165,000 likes. Mm. As for Charlie D'Amelio's AI chatbot name, it's Coco's Got Moves. (laughs) I think I've read that one correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know who sat in a room and came up with all of this because Paris Hilton's AI alter ego is Amber the Detective and it's all about solving 
crime. Every celebrity AI bot has its like unique function and specialty. Kendall Jenner is your big sister, your local ride or die <laughs> that you go to for advice. Paris Hilton, it seems like she's a... I, I can't really tell. The first post was her recommending where to get a good sandwich in New York City. And then other posts were all about solving crime. <laughs> so I'm struggling to figure out the through line with her identity. Coco's got moves. Charlie D'Amelio is all about dancing. But each one has a specialty. And the idea is that you go to each different celebrity chatbot to ask for like recommendations and have a conversation. It's odd. Oh, I don't like it. Do you guys? No. No. Oh, no. I don't get why they can't have their own names. Wouldn't the bots. Get oh. Like, like Ken. Oh, like, no. Couldn't they be way too close to home, surely? What do you mean? Why do they have to have different names? Don't they sound and like... You want them to be like Kendall? Yeah, Solis like, hi, Kendall. I'm Ken. Well, Your it would, sis. Get, it would get a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, Kendall? Kendall? I, mean, I actually think the fact that they have different names is the only saving <laughs> grace. Why are you doing the whole thing with? Not this whole thing. Yeah, Annabelle, good idea. Why don't we all moonlight on AI at the same time. That won't be confusing for anyone. <laughs> it's 3 p.m. Yeah, it's 3.33 now. Uh, Annabelle will strike that from the record. Look, it's good that they have different names. Yeah, I just I just find it odd. And I know, Mish, you and I were having a conversation over lunch today and we were saying, look, surely this has something to do with loneliness. And I sort of posited like trying to play devil's advocate, mm. desperately trying to play devil's advocate saying, is it a bad thing then if the outcome of this is that lonely people have someone to talk to? And you said, <laughs> do robots have to be the solution for that? And I thought, no, they don't actually <laughs> have to Well, be. this is the thing. I think, I think Mark Zuckerberg and Meta are really trying to push this idea that this is great for people and like it's like a friend and we should feel really comfortable with them. Like he even gave this quote that said, this is about entertainment and about helping you do things to connect with the people around you. We thought that this should feel fun. And it should feel familiar. I feel like it feels a little evil. I feel like what's going to happen is a bunch of quite lonely people are going to seek comfort or companionship in these AI bots. And in return, Meta will eventually start recommending them products, feeding them ads, pumping them full of whatever serves Meta. It comes down to profit in some way, somehow. And they're going to be mining more data. This is not some like altruistic, lovely no. companion thing. My overriding question as well was like, where's the money here? Because, mm. you know, they're paying celebrities quite sizable fees. I can imagine putting it all together cost a heap of money. I would love to know where the money is. I mean, it's not the first time that chatbots have been used mm. for loneliness, I guess. But there's something about this using the face and the likeness of celebrities that I find odd. Yeah. A lot of people are saying it reminds them of a Black Mirror 100%. episode, which feels bang on. But I do wonder if either of you, Zara, we'll start with you. You're offered a million dollars on the spot right now to go into a studio for six hours and trade your name, face, likeness to Meta. Do you take a million? Because that's what a lot of these celebrities have taken. In your current situation? No, but I say that having no children, mm -mm. no dependents, mm. not a life where I need to yet support other people, mm. my partner is employed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I can't guarantee that my answer would change yeah. in five to ten years. Annabelle? Absolutely. Sign <laughs> me up, baby. I'd take Annabelle's name as well. <laughs> I'd do anything for a yeah, million Annabelle's dollars. On the record, anything for a million yeah, dollars. Oh, he's got a million People. dollars for Annabelle. <laughs> you know what you do? You'd be like, do you want my name? Yeah. I'll change my name. Yeah. You'll become something. What, what do you want to be instead? I'll just be Botley. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, she just has just to be Bot. Bot, <laughs> bot got moves. <laughs> Michelle, uh, would you? Um, in my current situation, yeah, I probably would. It's I wouldn't also, feel good. I wouldn't feel good about it. Oh, I'd, be, I'd feel no, conflicted, right. guys. I'd feel conflicted, <laughs> but I would take those morals all the way to the bank. But the thing is, the money's not in front of me right now. So mm. maybe my mind would change if it was. A million dollars for I just six don't hours. know how. No, two years. Oh, yeah. It's the two years thing that's a little scary because who knows where this, where the, that's the scary thing. Where the fuck is this going to end up in two I years? I don't know. Out of yeah. sight, out of mind. Hopefully right. like threads. We never talk about it again. We will <laughs> poll you. 
tomorrow a million dollars for this? I actually reckon 95% of our listeners are going to say yes. (laughs) Our second story. Sophie Turner and Priyanka Chopra Jonas unfollow each other on Instagram amid Joe Jonas split. That is from The Independent. So this is a relatively short one, but I do think that we care about it. So it appears that Sophie Turner and Priyanka Chopra Jonas no longer follow each other on Instagram. It's unclear exactly when this happened or who made the first move. TMZ reported the news on Friday. But I think what I find most fascinating about this and perhaps more confusing is Sophie Turner still follows Joe Jonas on the platform. She still follows Nick Jonas, Kevin Jonas, Danielle Jonas as well. So Priyanka and Sophie are the only ones who don't hmm. follow each other. Still follows Nick and Joe. Yeah. I mean, it and is- Kevin. I know we always forget about him. <laughs> but yes. It is very, very strange. Especially, I think, because the wives of the Jonas Brothers have been a big part of the Jobos, the Jobos, the Jobro <laughs> brand, particularly since they relaunched. Mm. Like, I think they lent a lot into those relationships in order to find relevance again for example the three women starred in a music video for the band's comeback single sucker so naturally people are going to care about this sophie's also spoken publicly about her relationship with her sisters-in-law saying in 2020 it's also nice to have built-in girlfriends who are actually really cool who i can hang out with and we can really talk to each other about like how crazy the boys lives are we can relate on so many different levels it's like thank god because you never know about your in-laws interesting For what it's worth, Sophie and Joe seem to be in a better place than they have been previously. This week, they agreed to split custody of their two daughters, alternating on a two-weekly basis until January. So that all feels like it's doing better. But now... I'm like sniffing around what the hell's oh, going I on with Someone Rick. get Paris Hilton, Detective Paris Hilton on the case. <laughs> I think you'll it's find Annabelle. Amber. Amber, Amber, sorry. Amber, the detective, thank God. Oh, if only this chatbot actually worked, we could have messaged her. <laughs> Our third story. Britney Spears says she had abortion when dating Justin Timberlake. That is from the BBC. Yeah, now the first excerpt of Britney Spears' memoir has been published in People magazine. Now, a quick reminder, this book's not coming out till October 24. Next week. Yeah, Yeah, next week. It's funny timing for us with this show. So hopefully we can get our hands on the book before we record Mm. next week, depending on what happens. But they've been quite tight with this book. It's the first thing that's been leaked to the media. I wouldn't even know if it's leaked or deliberately given to People magazine, but it's the first story we've got, Mish. Yeah. And the story is a pretty interesting one. Essentially, Brittany has revealed that she did have a termination of a pregnancy while she dated Justin Timberlake. People's report had a quote from the book that read, it was a surprise, but for me, it wasn't a tragedy. I loved Justin so much. I always expected us to have a family together one day. This would just be much earlier than I'd anticipated. But Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. Yeah, she went on and said, if it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. She went on and said, to this day, it is one of the most agonizing things I have ever experienced in my life. Now, Brittany and Justin dated between 1999 and 2002. They were in their late teens when they got together. They were in their early 20s when they broke up. Justin Timberlake, for the record, hasn't commented at the time of recording. Yeah, there were also reports earlier this week that from his camp, it seemed like, that he was nervous. Nervous. And I mean, you would be if this book is coming out and you know she's going to be deep diving this relationship, the stories that we've heard about this relationship haven't always painted Justin Timberlake in the best light. I can imagine he's having a nervous week. Yeah, and honestly, we're sort of in the thick of Justin Mm. Timberlake content right now at Shameless. We're really quite deep in it. There's a hint. And knowing It's for scandal. (laughs) What the hell, man? Very strong hint from you. Yeah, and I think knowing, having gone through all of that research and, Mm. you know, done some of that content, Mish, I understand why he is definitely nervous about this. In response to this part of the book being leaked and this story now being out there, fans of Britney Spears are now looking back at her work with a different lens, particularly the song Every Time and particularly the music video that's attached to that song. Yeah. Every Time came out in 2003. It was about a year after Justin had released his massive hit, Crimea River, in 2002. We know Crimea River was written 
about Britney Spears. I mean, I don't even think that needs to be said reportedly. I think it just was. He used a lookalike in the music video. He was heavily hinting that it was about his relationship with Britney. It was interpreted at the time that every time was Britney's response, but it was all about heartbreak and about that relationship falling apart and her agonizing over maybe where she went wrong in their relationship. When you look at every time, knowing this bit of information and you watch that music video, it does seem to be at least partly written about this termination. I mean, at the end of the music video really hones in on a mother in a hospital holding a baby and Britney looking devastated. And it's just a completely new lens to watch this. We watched it together, Zara, just this morning. And it's actually really, really heartbreaking to watch every time's music video knowing this piece of information. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a part in the song where she's singing the chorus line, like, and every time I see you in my dreams, I see your face, you're haunting me. I guess I need you, baby. And her face turns to the mother and to the baby in the bed. Mm. And it does feel like there are added layers to that music video with all of this in mind. I mean, given this is just the first story to come out of this memoir, I know everybody is very intrigued about this story, about what Britney's going to say about not just her relationship with Justin, but the conservatorship and everything else that came with it. So Hopefully, we can get our hands on that soon. Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of women get terminations for a lot of different reasons. This is a story where it feels like maybe she didn't want that or she felt really conflicted about that. So I think... It's one woman's story. It's one woman's story and it's going to be really fascinating to read this book next week. Our fourth story, another celebrity memoir story, guys. Julia Fox recalls crazy near-death experience with drug overdose. It really restored my faith. That is from People magazine. Now, Julia Fox, who shot to fame early last year for dating Kanye West, has released her highly anticipated memoir, Down the Drain. And there have been some pretty fascinating revelations, Mish. Yeah, for sure. The biggest, I would say, is Julia's history with drug use, which she documents at length throughout the book. She says she began actually using drugs at 11 years old before moving on to heroin at the age of 16. She did a publicity interview with The View, the TV show in the US, where she said she actually has overdosed so many times she's lost count. She also detailed one particular experience where it felt like she was dying. She told the hosts the near-death experience was crazy because the whole tunnel thing and all of that is real. But I saw it as a window and the light was just spilling out from the window. Yeah, she went on. Then there was this little voice in my head that was like, wait a minute, you're dying. I was just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I always go back to that one instance of seeing that light and feeling so warm, almost too warm. And I just knew that I wasn't going to come back if I went to that place. She added that that near-death experience restored her faith. She also misrevealed in an interview with the LA Times that she uses Suboxone, which is a prescription medication used to treat opioid addiction. And she actually credits this drug with saving her life. Yeah, I actually find this decision for her to talk about Suboxone to be just so bloody impressive. Suboxone is rumoured to be used by a lot of celebrities. It's actually really effective when it comes to treating drug addiction. But Julia, at least to my research, is the most high-profile person we've ever heard talk about Suboxone. And I think if you look at TikTok comments in particular, a lot of regular people who use this drug are really happy that someone is actually doing work to destigmatize it. There is a lot of stigma about being on this drug. And I'm just really impressed that she's pushed past all of that to go, no, it's the right thing to do. I'm going to be honest about my experience. Yeah, she's one of the most fascinating celebrities that we've seen come up in the last couple of years, I would Mm. say. Like, clearly a lot of depth there. And I actually would be very intrigued to read this book. I might actually download it as an audiobook because I find memoirs really fascinating over audiobook. But, I mean, it is all pretty fascinating and pretty impressive. Yeah, she told this to Rolling Stone. I do want to talk about Suboxone and I do want to raise awareness because I feel like there's a stigma around these maintenance drugs, but they really do fucking save lives. Guys, that's all we've got for the quick and dirty because we need to roll into another segment. I got a button to push. (laughs) (laughs) A little far. It's been a slow news week. Don't worry, they'll go back to not recognising you soon enough. I just just had to jump halfway across the table. (laughs) I was delighted by how few people told us that we need to ditch this sound effect. The people loved it. The people still hate the scandal chimes. We still hear about the scandal chimes. You guys don't like them. They're sticking around anyway. But this one, 
you enjoyed. Yeah, you didn't mind it. And I also don't mind being known for Chugi sound effects. Yeah. I think it's an interesting branding decision. No one said Chugi in ages. I think you've just brought back Chugi. Did I? I, I mean, think that was, that was a little bit Chugi. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Fabulous. Good to know. Now, in case you don't know what Slow News Week is. Mish, do you want to explain it to the listeners? Yeah, it's where we bring you the unpopular or maybe not quite flavoursome enough stories of the week. The stories that wouldn't typically get a run on the show, but by design of it being a Slow News Week, we're bringing them in. The catch is that Zara this week does not know what stories I've chosen for her. I've got three. So I'm going to quiz you on the stories and see if you're across the Slow News Week. Let's do it. You got... One and a half last week. I got one and a half. That was a couple of weeks ago, but yes. Sorry, yes, a few weeks ago. (laughs) Why am I so pedantic? I I think you'll actually find. (laughs) (laughs) Negative one to start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, I already brought up Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey earlier in the episode, but we're doing it again because they did hard launch their relationship this week, Zara. Yes. They were hand in hand and papped hand in hand. Yes. Not once, but twice. Yes. Two separate dinner dates. If you zoom in on the... Pat picks. This is just an aside. It's not the question yet. I do love that you can see her foundation on his nose. Oh, cool. Yeah, I do love that. There's clearly some um, zesty things. Yeah, that, <laughs> you said this wasn't zesty, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing some zest. <laughs> All right. There was a viral tweet uh-huh. on X, formerly Twitter, that observed Travis Kelsey holds Taylor Swift's hand like a what? I've mm. never seen this tweet in my life. Um, I was going to post it on the Shameless podcast account, but so decided. it's obviously a funny. So, do you have any idea? <laughs> Nothing like a like a like, like a football. Correct. Oh! <laughs> he holds. So there are now two different photos of him holding her hand on either date, where he's kind of caressing one her one hand in both of his as if it's a football, and they're just right. walking where he's holding it that way. Look, I do quite like them together, but I think there's also been some really beautiful commentary around about like, wow, our bar for men is very low. If him opening the door for her or holding her hand Mm. is like the barometer for kindness in relationships. Yes, fair. I am obsessed with it. And so. they were on SNL. They were on SNL. I've actually got a bonus point available for you if you'd like to take oh, it. Oh, ever. I'm feeling, ge- I'm <laughs> feeling generous. I'm feeling generous. She's about to. points. <laughs> a points fiend. All right. For a bonus point at the time of recording, how much has Taylor Swift's era's movie made at the uh, box office? In Australia? I'll give you plus or minus five million. No, globally. Uh, I know in Australia... It made about $38 million on opening weekend from about 221-something theatres. Oh, wow. Which is like... That's how a did lot. you know that off the top of your head? I, I sort of might have... Um, Thought that this was a question. No, no, no. I can't even confirm if those are the exact numbers. Globally... So it's playing at less theatres. I will sure. say I'm going by the Wikipedia number as well. Okay. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> I'm going to say like 105 Okay, you're you're not too far off, but you're not within five mil, yeah. so therefore you don't get it. One hundred twenty-three million. Okay, wow, not, you did well. Zara. I did not badly. You did not badly. You're still on one point. More points. <laughs> okay, my second question. There have been headlines this week that Miley Cyrus is locked in a feud. Who is she feuding with, and why? Miley Cyrus yeah. in a feud. Oh, oh, off Lord. to a shaky start then. Oh God, I miss this too. Oh Annabelle, goodness me. Oh, it wouldn't be Billy Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not going to give you the point because technically no, but Billy Ray is probably involved somewhere here. It's give her me a half. Or mm. give her a... Or give her a I'll, I'll, why don't I give you the answer? Yeah. And oh. then Annabelle Lee can weigh in and okay. tell us whether it's worthy of half a point. Great. You okay. also didn't tell me why. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bode well for your no. half point. All right. So she is feuding with her sister, Noah Cyrus, oh. who commented on a TikTok video this week about the disrespect oh. Miley showed her in Miley's interview with Joe Rogan three years ago. Oh, now, wow. there was this video recirculating on Twitter where Miley commented that Noah is like the emo child of the family and made a joke with Joe that Noah probably needs to see a psychologist. But then Miley kind of extended it to the whole family and said, we have like a family doctor. We're all constantly there. The comment from Noah in full was the disrespect in this video, dot, dot, dot. This is interesting because there has been ongoing speculation of a Cyrus sibling split 
because since Tish, their mum, got married in August. To the guy from Prison Break, point. Good. <laughs> Stop that, no. Laura. <laughs> to the guy from Prison Break, everyone noted that little siblings, Brayson and Noah, were not present at the wedding. They actually took a photo together with one of them wearing a Billy Ray Cyrus T-shirt. Oh, no way. When their mum got married. And yeah, since then, everyone's thought, what the hell's going on in this family? You know what? I'm going to give Zara half a point. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. It's because bullshit. Billy Ray is the one that gave her the power. <laughs> Billy is a proofread character and I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I love games. <laughs> All right. My third and final question. Pete Davidson hosted SNL's first ep back since the strikes on the weekend. He performed a parody of Barbie's I'm Just Ken song. It was called I'm Just Pete. I'm going to read you a lyric. Oh, great. You are going to read me what came next. Yeah. Or recite to me what came next. The lyric is, can you feel that energy? What's the following lyric? Does it rhyme? Yeah. Energy. Oh, well, it doesn't. No, it doesn't rhyme. Oh, it doesn't technicality. Rhyme. It doesn't rhyme. Just give me. Energy. It's four, four-ish words. Four-ish words. Yeah, well, one of them's an. Never mind. Um. I think we call it synergy. <laughs> <laughs> that famous BD energy. Oh, he made a joke about his big a dick. That's a yeah. That's why I said not that's really. That's a rhyme. <laughs> Kodak with Kodak. Yeah, I loved this SNL monologue from Pete. He also poked fun at his dating life, his feud with Kanye West, his stints in rehab, his various car crashes throughout the year. As Vulture put it, anyone who tries to knock Pete for virtually anything going forward must now reckon with the fact that he's already beat them to the joke. Wow. How yeah. fascinating. Big dick energy. I love that. I mean, he knows in. he has it, which means he has it a little bit less. Oh, mm. no. I think putting it in a parody about Ken, like a parody song from the Barbie movie, yeah. he's still got big dick energy. Fair enough. And w- would you believe now we're both on equal points? One and a half. <laughs> One and a half each. Can we imagine what will happen the next time we play? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to bring it back next week. I know I'm not allowed to do it every single week, but just know I'll be pushing for it, guys. And that is all we've got time for. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for buying 4AM. Thank you, Annabelle Lee, for audio editing this episode. Of course. You guys pay me, so <laughs> why it happens. Shh, don't tell me. <laughs> do you have anything to add? No, I don't. Okay. It is now almost 4pm and we simply cannot keep recording. <laughs> Botley. Botley. Annabelle Botley. Oh, guys, come and support the show by clicking follow on Spotify or Apple. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. You know where we are. We'll be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly, style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.